calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Now through June 29th, you can earn up to four times rewards points on your favorite products throughout the store at Safeway. Shop for items like Coca-Cola products, Deer Park Natural Spring Water, Dannon Light and Fit Yogurt, Mott's Original Applesauce, Heinz Ketchup, and McCormick Spices. And earn up to four times bonus reward points to use for discounts on gas or groceries. Visit Safeway.com or download the Safeway For You app to earn your reward points today. Offer valid through June 29th. See store for more details. Gotta walk the dogs, school drop-off, meetings from 10 to 3, take kids to soccer practice, then... There goes the extra time for a jog. (sighs) That's okay. Maybe next week. When everyone else relies on you, it's easy to put your needs last. Therapy is a dedicated time to focus on what you need to be happy. So you can show up for yourself the way you do for others. BetterHelp offers convenient online therapy on your schedule. It's the same professional service you'd get from an in-person therapist, but with the option to communicate when and how you want, by chat, phone, or video call. Go to their site and fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this spoiler review for The Mandalorian, brought to you by The Geek Buddies! We're jumping in things today uh, and and talking about this episode, Guns for Hire. This is a very Mandalorian-centric episode, and you'll be like, well... Is it, well, it's called The Mandalorian. Yeah, but we've been kind of going on a lot of tangents on this one. And this one does feel also like another one of these um, missions for hire that we've been used to seeing in seasons past with The Mandalorian. And we've got some guest stars in this one. Jack Black, Christopher Lloyd, and Lizzo coming in. And we get a little commentary, a little more commentary on droid culture, which I think is a really interesting part of this episode as well. The Dark Saber figures heavily and um, we have conversations about who's going to lead what in the Mandalorians. And we get that shot of Bo-Katan holding the Darksaber once again. So, And this one is directed by Bryce Dallas Howard. And we're going to jump into all of this thing. And by the way, this is a spoiler review. So hopefully you've seen the episode. But let's introduce ourselves. I am the outlaw John Roca, writer, producer, and host here on the Geek Buddies. And this is Shannon McClung. I'm a television actor and an animation writer, where you can see mine. And uh, the absent Mr. Vogel, some of our current work on Netflix right now, with Strawberry Shortcake, Barry in the Big City, Seasons 1 and 2. 
Yeah, for those of you wondering, Michael is unfortunately out today because he is out of town working on a project. He will be back, of course, for our main show, which we'll be doing. If you're watching this when we're dropping this on a Thursday morning here on the uh, West Coast, at least Thursday morning, uh, we will be doing a live show at 11 a.m. tomorrow with the Geek Buddies, uh, with me, Mike, and Shannon. Uh, so uh, come and join us for the live show talking about all the big news in the world of geekery. But yes, today we're talking about Guns for Hire. I gave the basic premise of this one. Uh, we have uh, the Mandalorian and Bo-Katan heading on over to Plazir 15. They want to uh, kind of find the fleet that had left uh, uh, Bo, the Night Owls and all of them that had left. We see them have their opening scene here with these two star-crossed lovers who can't quite put it together yet because the time isn't right. Uh, and we head to Plazir 15. We find out that Plazir 15 is having these issues with these battle droids uh, that are malfunctioning. Uh, we get uh, uh, Mando essentially working out his droids issues for a little bit and eventually finding out what's going on here. We get mentions of Dooku. Christopher Lloyd figures heavily into all of this. And then at the end, we have Bo-Katan fighting Axe there for control of these Mandalorians and uh, finding out that she does, in effect, even though it's taken a couple episodes for Mando to come around on this, deserve to wield the dark saber all of a sudden. So a very interesting episode. Your thoughts on this one, Shannon, as we have crossed the halfway point of this season of the Mandalorian. So what are your thoughts here on this? It was a solid. Okay. Um, <laughs> there, <laughs> Okay. There were absolutely parts that I did like. The whole idea of Din and Bo-Katan going on this sort of noir mystery to, you know, find out, yeah. you know, why these dro droids are, are are freaking out. That part I actually really enjoyed. Like we got a really, really, uh, really great chase scene. Yeah. With uh, Din and Bo-Katan chasing down that battle droid. We got some that that fun duel between Bo-Katan and Axe at the end. Um, the thing that is not working for me with this season are the celebrity cameos. Because yeah. they tend to kind of take me out of it. Um, Christopher Lloyd, love seeing Doc Brown. Of course. Um, lo love seeing Judge Doom. Um, I, of the three, he's the one that works the most, and in in my opinion, doesn't really work that great. Um, yeah. Maybe if he had had a little more time, a little bit more um, screen real estate, I mean, maybe we could have gotten into his character a little bit more. But as this is an episodic series of television, um, you know, we we don't have a ton of time. Yeah. Um, Jack Black and Lizzo, yeah. <laughs> um, Jack Black is a is a fantastic performer. He is yes. a wonderful actor. I mean, in I just this... spoke glowingly about him as Bowser in the Super Mario Brothers movie. He steals the he steals sections of the movie. But anyway, he's yeah, he's fantastic. Man. Him as this sort of like foppish pre you know post imperial uh, planner. It's like it's it's just ringing a little silly for me. Um, that, and now I've read, you know, folks online, some people love this. And if that, and if you are yeah. one of the folks that loved it, fantastic. I would never want to subtract from your enjoyment just for me as an audience member didn't really work. I mean, yeah. and also Lizzo, Lizzo is not a good actress. Yeah. Um, you know, it, I think when you are playing in sort of a larger than life world, like star Wars, you have to be really, really good to pull this stuff off. And yeah. my only experience with her as an actor has was in hustlers and she wasn't good in that she's not a good actor i mean so uh you know you have jack black kind of yeah yeah and you have her and it's kind of like she's kind of uh, almost like reading reciting lines versus yeah. actually saying them um so that part didn't really work for me mm -hmm. um Again, I thought the the action direction of Bryce Dallas Howard, I thought that was really, really good. Yeah. The whole uh, opening between, you know, the Mon Calamari and Corrin star-crossed lovers, the Mon Calamari, the Montagues and the Corrins, the Capulets. Um, you know, I, I was like, oh, that's fun. Like, I don't know if we're ever going to see these two again. <laughs> <laughs> but that's fun. I mean, there are aspects of the episode that have not really worked. And the idea that Axe Woves or Wovis, I don't know, I don't know how they pronounce it. Yeah. Um, the fact that you have this uh, uh, group of Mandalorians going around as privateers i'm like that's a cool story i wish we would have gotten a little bit more of that yeah um so again there are things that worked in this episode but uh for me overall it did not 
Yeah, I'm I'm in a tough place, to be honest with you, because I agree. I think all the stuff in the kingdom and the palace was utterly ridiculous. But listen, let's be fair. And I'm going to offer a nuanced um, analysis on a couple of things. If you like this kind of stuff in your Star Wars, you have every right to like this kind of stuff in your Star Wars. Just as those of us who don't like this kind of stuff in our Star Wars have every right to say that we don't like this kind of stuff in our Star Wars. It doesn't make us any less Star Wars fans. It doesn't mean that our version of Star Wars is objectively better than yours or your version is objectively better than ours. It's just a matter of what you like, right? Some of you like the prequel trilogy. I do not. I don't care how many of you all tell me how good it is. I've rewatched those films many times. There are good moments, but what we saw here is emblematic, you know, is um, it reminds me of some of the worser parts of the prequel trilogy, the stuff in the kingdom and stuff with the Duchess and Bombardier or whatever he wants to say his name is. Uh, that kind of stuff really it's like Dexter Jesser at the fucking diner. I was like, this has no business being in Star Wars, in my opinion, right? That's just my opinion and my belief. It doesn't mean it yours or yours is any less valid. You can like this kind of stuff. I got no problem with it. But I have a right to analyze this the way I feel. And it just absolutely killed a lot of the episode. I didn't want to go see them. I didn't want to go back. But the stuff surrounding it, I thought, was interesting. Because, look, <clears throat> I think they're making commentary sometimes. And maybe people aren't catching it. There's commentary being made in these in these shows. These are smart writers, right? Fabro is a smart guy. He knows what he's saying. This idea of democracy, we're the only democratic place on the outer rim, the full democracy, but we're going to capture your ship, we're going to make you sit down, we're going to bring you into the shuttle, and then we're going to make you go meet our leaders. So in essence, you can't freely move around in this supposed democracy that they're taking, and then this idea of, a, of being a democracy that accepts everyone for their natural culture, and then using that to be a part of this and also the commentary on on hellgate which is which of course is such an obvious name hellgate but the commentary on him being the villain but his drive here is he has a warped idea of democracy and he's the one that's like supporting dooku and saying that dooku was unfairly killed by the jedi order why because he believes the fake news about dooku this is commentary, okay? So there is a lot actually going on here that I think is fun to break down and analyze. And I really enjoyed the droid stuff. Once again, this idea of the droids being seen as just these worker bees, these things they can use. And so when they turn on them, Hellgate talking about the fact that we've gotten too soft, we're not, you know, we're, we've relied on technology too much. Where have we heard that in our modern conversations? We're not focusing on the things we need to focus on. We'd all fall apart without technology. So again, commentary that's being done here that I think is really smart by Fabro and, and, and the stable of writers that, that are working on it, because I don't think it's just Fabro. And then the stuff inside, when we get to what's going on here with the droids, when they get to the droid bar, the conversations that are being had there, I think are really interesting. So having a droid actually say, like, what they ask of us isn't that much the humans, in because they have such short lives. So there's a sense of perspective, right? Whether you like it or not, because... You could argue that it, in essence, makes a person being saying like, oh, well, since I'm going to live longer than this person, it's okay that this, they mistreat me, uh, you know, because the exchange is that I'm going to live longer. So you can have perspectives about this for sure one way or another. But I like that these concepts were thrown in. But for me, the things I didn't like were the stuff in the kingdom. And I got to be honest with you, Shannon, I didn't like that ending. I thought that ending was kind of unnecessary. Of course, Bo-Katan was going to win. Axe has never been presented as a formidable challenger to anybody. And I don't think Simon is that good of an actor either, to be honest with you, the guy who played Axe. And so the back and forth with them, it, it was empty to me. It didn't have life to it. And so her winning was just kind of going through the paces. I get it. And then Din's convenient logic here, when he's been holding on to the saber the whole time instead of giving it to her when she legitimately won it, if you really believe that, I thought was convenient story writing that, um, bothered me. So amidst some of the stuff that bothered me, the beginning and the end, really, uh, um, or I guess the stuff in the kingdom as well, but like that, everything else around that I thought was an enjoyable episode. So yeah, I think I agree with you. It's an okay episode. It's not a bad episode. It's an okay episode, but it could have been a fucking great episode if they had chosen to take a little more of a serious tact in the things that they were presenting and approaching. 
with uh any commentary on everything i just said so i didn't know i was gonna go on that long i apologize uh no i mean we i mean i actually do think i think simon cassianitas i actually do like him as an actor simon, and, right, but part of that is yeah. because i did work with him on oh, something. Fair. Yeah. and he was a he was just a nice guy like it like I, and to say like well he's never been presented as a challenge he's never really been presented as much of a character i mean yeah, he was just sort 100%. of the third the third Mandalorian. That's an even better who, commentary. You're right, Shannon. He has not been presented as a full character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and I think this is a thing. I think the writing this season is a little unfocused. Mm -hmm. um, like, I, I think you could have picked any any one of these um, interesting subplots and really kind of blown them out a little bit. And I think that would have worked better. I mean, if yeah. if we get to know Axe more as a character, I think that... I think that uh, duel at the end, maybe it is a little more satisfying. It has weight to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, the the whole idea, and, and again, this gets into, like, you know, is Christopher Lloyd telling the truth? And he's like, well, you know, we we voted not to, uh, you know, the citizens voted not to turn the droids off, but right. the droids are scared of being replaced by humans. It's like, right. this is a, this logic's not really, it's not really adding up. And, like overall, this was because I did like that kind of noir middle. I'm kind of like, okay, this is something I'm willing to kind of like, all right, that's fine, whatever. Yeah. Um, but it, when you really kind of break it down, it's like, so who wants what now? <laughs> um, I, I think there's, I, I think there is a way. There was a way to streamline the story they were telling this yeah. season yeah. and and focus it a, a little bit more. Now, you know, when um, Den and Grogu were reunited in Book of Boba Fett, at the time, our hope as an audience is yeah. like, okay, they know what they're doing. This seems weird to do this here, um, right, but right. but they know what they're doing. Yeah. Thus far, three-fourths of the way through the season, it's like, I don't. maybe, maybe you don't. Like, maybe yeah. the plan that you had, it's not quite being executed as well. Now, again, for folks that are watching this season and loving it, and for folks that love the book of Boba Fett, I know there are people out there. It wasn't us, yeah. but I know there are people out there. If you all are loving it, fantastic. I wish I were in your shoes. It's just not what what is being presented. I think one of the one of the downfalls of knowing how the sausage is made yeah. is you always start to kind of re rearrange things in your head. And yeah. that's not to say, like, that's not to say that, you know, we're right. Like, you right, know, they right. could have done the things that we're, that we're thinking like, ah, this would have been a stronger choice. It could have been just as much of a mess. Yeah. Um, but, point. you know, that's what we do is we, we, we talk about this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and just to be fair to our third geek buddy here, Michael Vogel, his tweet was Bryce Dallas Howard knows how to Star War. I have spoken. Uh, and of course, on our own text chain, he <laughs> I hope I'm not revealing too much, but he was a fan of the episode. So he enjoyed mm -hmm. the episode uh, very much. So he said, I loved Mando this week. It's so fucking wild and weird. So that's the that's the commentary we got from uh, from Michael Vogel. Laura Kelly gave this episode a 10 out of 10. So I love Laura. She's at Star Wars Celebration. So there'll be no Jedi Way review this week. But I couldn't disagree with you more. I don't think it was a 10 out of 10. And we would have had that discussion for sure. <clears throat> but Shannon, let's, um, uh, I don't know. It's a weird one to review. So uh, I guess, I guess we'll just go through this. So we'll just separate it in two spots and then we'll take a break. All right. We'll start We started on the ship, as we mentioned, with a captain in a goldfish tank. In essence, they're the quarry and they hail what they think is an Imperial ship and try to hire them for protection, but they are not their Mandalorian. It's Axe and Costco uh, uh, Reeves there, of course, which is uh, Sasha Banks, Mercedes Bernardo. Also not that good of an actress, but great to see her be a part of this. They've been hired by a, a by Mon Calamari Viceroy to bring back his son who is in love with the captain. Then some dialogue here between the captain and the son here. No, I'll never let you go. I can't risk it all for a fling. Is this all this was to you? Now, I just started season four of Love is Blind, and I, I feel like I was watching a scene from that <laughs> in this moment. So anyway, they eventually take him, uh, and he's gone there. And uh, it's interesting, uh, Mercedes Vernado, a.k.a. Sasha Banks, I don't think she has any lines on camera. Like, we hear her. But facially, she doesn't say anything. So interesting decision. But anyway, we go to Bo-Katan, Mandalorian, and Grogu, who are uh, who find Axe and the fleet. There, um, and she knows they won't be easily convinced. The planet we hear is Plazir 15 that they're on. It's, quote, the only remaining democracy in the Outer Rim. And as I said, the first gesture of the democracy, they take control of Bo-Katan's ship. They're greeted by two Imperial droids, one of which is RA-7. They're present, which is, they essentially were like the evil version of, of, um, 
R2D2 and C3PO in, in, in essence, at least because we hear they're Imperial droids. Their presence is requested by the leadership of the planet. Sarah democracy. Mando is worried they might have to blast their way out. They come upon this celebration with Jack Black and Lizzo. And I think, again, this is commentary. The idea this is a democracy, but the fat cats are living high on the hog there in these opulent lie, these opulent buildings. You know, we're doing succession. It's like the Pierces, right? Talking about, you know, we got to help the common man and diversity <laughs> and all this kind of thing. And they're living <laughs> in these fucking mansions. So I love this as the commentary, right? Jack is, a, a, as you said, a foppish Captain Bombardier. And Lizzo is the Duchess. We find out Lizzo is part of this royal family that's been on the uh, been on the planet for so long. And she married the Bombardier. And Bombardier is a former Imperial guy who's converted, and he is now having this uh, spot that he has. Um, and uh, we hear that they can't have armies, uh, so they have to have the privateers there because it's part of their charter, part of what was voted on. The Duchess and the Captain tell them they have some malfunctioned Imperial droids who are assaulting people after they pull them away from whatever brunch or breakfast or dinner they're having, the Dutch and the captain tell them they have, oh yeah, some, there's some political moving here, maneuvering here by Captain Bombardier who offers to recognize Mandalore as a sovereign planet if Bo-Katan takes control of it, if she does this and helps to get rid of these droids. Uh, they go, they tell them to go and talk to the security guy who is uh, Commissioner Hellgate. That is Christopher Lloyd who explains them the issue with the malfunctioning droids, shows them the examples, which is, curious that he would show the examples of what he is doing shannon it just seemed odd as you were talking about the writing here but to help uh, they have to go to the ugnats now to get the list of these malfunctioning droids and when they get down there they're initially ignored by the ugnats it's not until mando uh uses quill references quill which of course for those you know it's from season one nick nolte's character there uh, as his entry point to discuss the issues with the ugnats and we see mando do some politicking here some really smart politicking here. They sit down with them, and the Ugnats eventually provide them with a list after some clever negotiating by Mando, and they head to the dock. So let's stop here, Shannon. This entire opening scene, all these opening scenes leading to them heading to the docks and the noir aspect that we will get into after the break. What did you think about this whole opening and everything that happens leading into this moment? So I'm kind of split on that opening because in terms of a design, I thought like, this is super, super cool that the captain is essentially in this little, you know, tank and, you know, is be, is being fed, you know, goldfish. Goldfish. Um, (laughs) it, It made me wonder is like, does everyone on the bridge have one of these? But I mean, as the tank recedes and she kind of like lands in her captain's chair, I'm like, that's a really, really cool design um uh, just again really fun really fun production design yeah um the the amount of time that they dedicate to this now this is something again that you know i i learned in you know vogel 101 creative screenwriting um (laughs) you know with your cold opens like this is like a random cold open that's perfectly fine uh, is there a way to uh, to um inject it later in the season like is there a way to get a little bit more story real estate out of it now this it sure seems like those two we're never going to see those two again um yeah, we could it's possible yeah. <laughs> um, but it doesn't seem like we're going to see the you know the star cross lovers again it, it was it was a fun opening um but also you don't really get to see the breadth of what the mandalorians can do i mean i actually yeah. did like that exchange between the corn captain and simon when he's like i'm not a criminal i'm not an imperial either and the whole idea that uh, you, you know, the, as the, I, I think it is Sasha Banks as she's pulling, uh, the, the Mon Calamari guy away. He's like, I thought you were Arnable. She's like, yep, we are. All it takes is a few credits. I was like, yeah, that's a great line of dialogue. Uh, um, uh, the whole concept of the private, uh, Mandalorian privateers, I wish we would have seen more of, mm-hmm. um, going into, uh, Bo and Din and Grogu going to the, the planet. Um, this is another one of those episodes, like, did Gro- Grogu doesn't really need didn't really need to be in this season. Right. Um, he he's not really done anything. Um, maybe something's coming down the line, but overall, like again, had they not, you know, go- ghost of stories past, like had they not reunited them, like if this had been a season yeah. where Den was by himself and he gets reunited with Grogu at the end, I'm like that just would have been for me a little more narratively satisfying because yeah. right now it's like Grogu's cute. Grogu's always cute. Um, he, he doesn't really serve a story purpose right now. Is he tra- yeah, don't present him as a foundling, and he's not training as a foundling. Yes, going with his dad on these trips is cool and all, but if you present the foundling construct, which you did a couple episodes ago, episodes ago, 
we've got to stay with the foundling concept, don't we? That he's got to train and learn from the armor and from all the people there. I mean, it, it, I think it, the it, implication it is that Din is teaching him, but 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 that's something we're that's something we're inferring. We're not being yes. told. Yeah, um, yes. And that's another thing that, like, why did they have to go and speak to? Axe and the rest of the Mandalorians face to face. Now, there's a reason. Like you could have said, like 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 uh, uh, Bo could have said, I have to make this. I have to make this case in person. Right. Yeah. Say that right. because right now it's like, why don't you just hail them? Why don't you? You know, you you all yeah. have these. You know, you have these. You know, hologram communicators. Like you know, let us know that this is something that has to be done face to face. As they get to this world. Um, yeah, you get to see the, the Imperial droids and there is this sense of, uh Oh, what is about to happen? (laughs) And then when we're presented with the, again, this sort of opulent extravagance, this, I I had no issue with, I mean, the whole idea, I'm like, yeah, this is, this is fun. Mm -hmm. Um, it was more just the casting choices of, of Jack Black and Lizzo, because again, when you are presenting this, it immediately lessens the stakes and we don't get a sense from the rest of the population that this whole droid thing is a big problem. It's just from Jack Black and Lizzo. And as they're like, uh, let, let us show you the, let us show you the view. And then they start talking about these droid incidents when they finally do go meet Christopher Lloyd and he shows them the security footage. Um, and granted, this is, as you said, this is the stuff that he orchestrated. Um, the stuff that we see, it's like a garbage bot haywiring. It's like a, a, an assistant bot throwing, throwing clothes something that you know the their 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 person just went shopping yeah. and then you see uh it's like a c3po type droid hop into a cruiser and drive into a wall yeah now with the exception of the driving the other two it's like this doesn't seem that big a deal it's even <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah like there is a way to to heighten the stakes here to make this a little more like we don't like way more dangerous like we don't know what's going on like you know it because it just doesn't seem that serious a problem to have your garbage bot kind of not put the garbage in correctly like we've all seen youtube videos of garbage trucks malfunctioning oh yeah it's like i don't think we need din jaren to go in and blast it um the uh them going to talk to the ugnots that was a part i really liked i was like this is yeah. This is fun. Like I, I, you, you like that Din. You know they're they're addressing this other culture and the way Din knows how Din knows how to talk to them. Like all that was super super fun. That whole middle section is great. Um, this we're stopping at the Ugnats. Yeah, right? we're stopping at the Ugnats. Yeah, yeah we'll get. Oh yeah, this. that whole Ugnat thing. I mean, I love that Bo Katan puts on a smile and is trying to talk to these, you know, this, these diminutive, you know, little mechanics, and they're just giving her nothing. Um, you know, a lot of folks have kind of bagged on Katie Sackhoff. Um, really? And it's like, yeah, and I'm oh. like, I don't, I don't think she's the best performer, um, but I think for what she's having to do, oh, what like is being it. asked of her, I'm like, I, I think she's doing perfectly fine. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, but, but watching her having to put on that smile, I'm like, this is funny, because this is so not her. You're right, right. It's not a natural thing. I mean, yeah, I, I'm I'm confused why people would bag on Katie. Katie's been Katie's been one of the highlights of the season, in my opinion. I think she's done an incredible job considering some of the failings that we've seen in certain episodes this entire season. So uh, I'm kind of because if you need any evidence, go and watch her in fucking Battlestar Galactica, or go and watch her in uh, was it Pitch Black or was it the third one that she was in? I forget whichever one she was in. She was badass in that series. So. Uh, anyway, all right. So um, here's my thoughts real quick. Yeah, the opening was weird. I, I don't need it's that kind of stuff. I don't need. I get it. You all want to laugh and enjoy it. It's fine. Knock yourselves out. Fine. It's there. It's fine. It's cool. It's whatever. But you're right. It would have been nice to see the Mandalorians do something other than negotiate, then show up and take the kid like fight, uh, do something that would make it you show even more of a badass that these Mandalorians are because we got the um, what ha- we got the uh, recap stuff at the beginning of this episode, showing us the stuff from season two to remind us. Well, we wouldn't even need that if we could show the stuff here to remind us how much of a badass this fleet of of uh, of uh, Mandalorians are. These people that are serving here. Um, so anyway, so it was it's fine, whatever. But then we get the Bo-Katan, Mandalorian, Grogu, and this is yeah, you're right, Shannon. I don't understand Grogu's role in this because even when they get to the Duchess situation. He just flips over, is immediately under her control, and then he just, not control, but like he's just totally attached to her for the rest of the episode. So he doesn't even go on any of the mission to quote-unquote learn what he's supposed to be learning as a foundling. 
what they did was default to the fact that let's put Grogu with Lizzo, who everybody loves right now, and take advantage of that. And that's bad storytelling. That is bad storytelling. There's no logic that Grogu is supposed to sit there like a pet and hang out with her. And worst of all, which we'll get to, help her cheat to win. So anyway, all right, anyway, let's... But anyway, they're there. They they won't be easily. She knows that they won't be easily convinced. So I think that's why she wants to go and do it face to face. But you know, who Bo's always got her reasons for doing shit. Whether you agree with the reasons or not, are always the issues for sure. But yeah, as I mentioned, the democracy stuff was interesting, and I like that we get a little bit of that feeling of like there's a sense of dread, even though there's supposedly this democracy. But it also shows you how the new republic really is just putting it together piecemeal on the fly. All these things are falling through the cracks. All these planets are able to declare what they are, but still trying to work with some of the Imperial stuff and repurposing these droids. But we get to the opulence of that place. And yeah, it's, and I, yeah, and I'll say, and and I think we're allowed to say this. And I tweeted this. There are plenty of actors who think they are good musicians and they're not but they get the opportunity to be. So look, I know everyone's suffering. I know Bruce Willis is suffering. He's terrible. Okay. There's a lot of actors who are terrible musicians. Okay. Or terrible singers or terrible performers, but they have bands, you know, whatever, but like there, and there are plenty of uh, musicians who think they're actors and terrible. Would you like me to show you Mick Jagger and free Jack? He is just not, there's not, there's, there's just, there's samples. Okay. And, it's okay to point it out. Do you know what I'm saying? We're not being haters. I love Lizzo. I love her music. I, I think what she stands for, represents, is awesome. My girlfriend and I watched her reality show on Prime Video, 100% supporting Lizzo. But my job as a, as a reviewer and critic is to analyze what I'm seeing. And I agree with you, Shannon. A better actress knows how to play the levels of the stuff that is happening in this scene. The irony of the opulence the fact that they feel ham, the fact that they have to walk them away from these rich people at the table, what does that mean? There is something that she could have, there are levels here that could have been played that insinuate something more about what is happening. Lizzo's an awesome energy and a great presence. I'm never going to deny that. And I fully support her existence in our pop culture sphere. But as an actress, this is a wasted opportunity for a better actress to come in. And it, it's kind of insulting for those of us who are actors. Everybody thinks it's easy and they can do it. But then it, when it's their job, their job, when the people who don't act and do other jobs, bring someone in with almost no experience to think they can do your job at that level. It's insulting. So acting is the same thing. So when it's this way, I get real frustrated by it. And people are like, oh, you know, oh, it's a big deal. It is to people who love and care about the craft. We actually do care. And I know you're like craft with an episode like this. But what Jack Black is doing <laughs> I like what Jack Black is doing because you can tell there's something else under here. Jack is hinting at it. It's not obvious, but the fact that he's a former Imperial guy and he's doing all these things and he's being this big thing and he's doing all, there's something more here. And I feel like we could there. He's playing a little bit of the Imperial bubbling underneath. He's still an Imperial guy. And he may be one of these guys that figured out who to be for whoever is in charge so he can survive and stay alive. The fact that he has been able to marry one of the, uh, like the Duchess of the planet, that takes a certain kind of skill to go from former Imperial guy to being married to the Duchess of the planet, which means he hungers for power. So there's a little element of that when you're watching the interaction. So like I said, Jack is a better, Jack is clearly a way better actor than Lizzo and plays those just hints, hits on those little levels in certain interactions when you're watching him. So just, you know, just in my opinion, that's what I see. But but I would say, as we were both big fans of Andor, um, and granted, this is a very this is a very different show. The tone, the tone, it's it's different. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think you look at some of the opulence and foppishness that some of the ISB officers had. Yes, and I'm like, 100%. that would have been interesting. Like, could Jack Black do that? Maybe. Um, not no, not in the current, not in its current form. But I would have been more interested to see that, like see someone who Ooh. was a former Imperial who was like, can we really trust this guy? Right. Like, right, I, right. I think that makes it a little more interesting. But the Mandalorian aims for a younger audience and might yeah. not have been as accessible. So maybe what they did was correct. Um, yeah. Just my personal tastes. 
I think that would have made for a more interesting dynamic. But I also think, and look, I take your point. I'm sure a lot of people probably feel the way you do, but you can't tell me that it aims for a younger audience. And we have two episodes ago, a woman essentially uh, scrambling a dude's brain by electroshock therapy. That's not for kids. That's a fucking R-rated move, man. That's a one flew over the cuckoo's nest move. And that's a scary thing to see, especially when he's been tricked the whole time and then turned the thing up to 11 and his brain is absolutely scrambled. So I don't know. I think there are things they get away with by claiming it's kid stuff when it's convenient and then not kid <laughs> stuff when it's convenient. Right? Like all oh, the, the prequel trilogy is it's all for kids. How many of them understand the trade route federation bullshit? I, I just to me, it's just like, come on, you can't have it both ways. So, well, and, we didn't say but, it was well done, <laughs> right, <fair laughs> but of course, I respect your point, brother. Man, and anybody else who feels the same way you do. Uh, all right, let's take a break. We'll jump into the back half of the episode, which I think is Shannon's favorite part of the episodes right after this. Now through June 29th, you can earn up to four times rewards points on your favorite products throughout the store at Safeway. Shop for items like Coca-Cola products, Deer Park Natural Spring Water, Dannon Light and Fit Yogurt, Mott's Original Applesauce, Heinz Ketchup, and McCormick Spices. And earn up to four times bonus reward points to use for discounts on gas or groceries. Visit Safeway.com or download the Safeway For You app to earn your reward points today. Offer valid through June 29th. See store for more details. Walk the dogs, school drop-off, meetings from 10 to 3, take kids to soccer, then no time left for a jog. When everyone else is relying on you, it's easy to put your needs last. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist online, so you can show up for yourself the way you do for others. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com. They head to the docks. They speak to the uh, to, uh, Shannon. Correct me. Is this the first time we've seen a live action battle droid, or am I? Am I well, I mean the prequel trilogy. Oh well, fair point. Um, I'm sorry, in, <laughs> in Mandalorian. I'm sorry, I meant in the Mandalorian. I was wondering if we, there's an episode where we had seen a battle droid, so maybe not. But this is the first time. I don't we, recall. I yeah, don't I think recall. This is the first time we've seen a live action battle droid in The Mandalorian. So I just was like, kind of interested. I was looking back in my mind to see if there's any of the other episodes. Anyway, I loved it here. Uh, great back and forth between them. He's like, I, I, did, I did all the re- you know required thing, I did the upkeep and the maintenance. And Mando, still not 100% over the droid thing, uh, starts to kick these loaded droids until one reacts. And then takes off, and there's an action sequence where him and Bo chase it through the city, all around the city, in this cool, like, kind of eh, Blade Runner-esque type of city. Uh, also vibes of what we saw the city in um, in uh, the Kenobi series with uh, Moses Ingram chasing him down in that city. Um, but uh, uh, there's an action sequence, but then Mando and uh, Bo-Katan eventually subdue it by Mo jumping through the, I mean, Mando jumping through the window, of course gotta be demonstrative in what he's doing um they take it down bo-katan finds a spark pad that says the resistor there's an address they they uh, find the bar she says look let me take it from here you're a little emotional about these droids uh they go into the droid bar and like something out of a movie the music just stops and they all stare at them walking in and uh mando even says i don't think they like our kind here and so they head over to the bartender who looks like daft punk and they question him. Bo-Katan tries a softer approach. And then Mando goes full waterboarder with all his threats. Uh, Bo reasons with him to calm down. And the bartender says they want to help because they could be scrapped and even speak and, and even um, replaced by humans. Which is interesting because they were the battle droids replaced by human stormtroopers, right? And down the road. So uh, uh, he even speaks highly of helping humans. We hear that the droids are, are served Nepenthe which is a lubricant that protects against mechanical wear while covers the programming um, uh, patches that happen when the mainframe changes. Uh, They find out that the malfunctioning droids drank from the same batch of Nepenthe. Uh, They find the sub, and then they go to the scientist who pulls out that droid that they had taken down and, uh, or maybe she's a medical examiner. I don't know what she is, but she's the droid coroner. The droid coroner, basically. Yeah, the DC. I, I almost want to have her Hawaiian shirt almost and like eating a sandwich or something. But anyway, they finally <laughs> stub atomic particles, and one of the droids comes to life that, that's hanging there that was 
as it, it comes, it tries to kill them, and Mando uses the dark saber to kill it, just to let you know he has the dark saber to put a little plant in your mind. The scientist does some more investigating and finds that there are that these things are nano droids, and they find that it has a chain code and both things they can find its point of origin. And they find out that it was originally these droids were originally manufactured by the techno union. They arrived through a request by the security office, which apparently is illegal according to the charter. And they were ordered by in an individual, and that individual is Commissioner Hellgate. They they end up going to Hellgate. They confront him. He flips out, threatening to turn all the droids into battle droids. While he's ranting and raving about not giving into the Republic or the Empire and how he supports democracy, and Dooku was cut down by the Jedi Order in his prime, he is electrocuted by Bo. We go back to the court, and uh, Grogu helps the Duchess cheat to win in whatever game they're playing. They bring Hellgate into the Duchess and Bombardier. Hellgate offers his apologies and goes after Bombardier, calls him out, says, you know, things have changed on the planet since you came here, your former Imperial guy, the things you've done. A little more so hinting there the duchess expresses her disappointment because apparently he, he has served her family well for many decades but she banishes him to this moon uh, he walks away calmly uh then um she that just gives the key to the city to Bo says she's always welcome there she knights grogu so now he's a knight so he's sir grogu uh and they head to see then they head to go see axe the mandalorians axe and uh bo katan have a fight to see who's going to be the leader of the crew because he calls her out for not having the dark saber. He also calls out Mando in a little bit of saying he's not a pure blood, which is an interesting uh, angle to be taking. Um, uh, Bo wins, but Axe still won't go- give in to her because Mando has the blade. Um, she defends him, as I said. Then she refuses. Then Mando says, well, then I'll just give her the dark saber. She deserves it more than I do. She refuses the gift, even though it's well-intentioned. Then he lays out the reason why she's the rifle holder of it. She defeated the thing that defeated him who had taken the blade from him. So she is the rifle holder of the blade. And they all take a moment, look at each other, go, yeah, that makes sense. Sure, fine. And then suddenly it's cool for it to have the blade. And we have that badass moment of her turning the dark saber on. And uh, we go to black. So Shannon, your thoughts on the, uh, on these sequences here leading all the way to the end. I mean, love the love everything on the loading docks, uh, how Mando, it reminds me of, you know, seeing the uh, videos from Boston Robotics when you see like the the, hundred (laughs) percent pushing the robots and then like whatever comedian added the Boston VO. (laughs) I'm waiting for I'm waiting for that to happen with this episode. Um, But you see. You see the power that a battle droid does actually have when he yeah. kind of you know backhands Mando. That whole chase, like watching a battle droid run, I'm like, this is a blast. Like this is yeah. so much fun. And then watching how uh, Bo especially is able to use her jetpack in in this chase, not like flying, but like I got to jump over this, bang, bang, bang. Like yeah. that was just to me. That was just like, oh, this is this is fun Star Wars. Um, the moment that he, you know, he crashes through the window and tackles i love the constable drones that come out and do the holographic caution tape i was like that's as a design choice i'm like that's a lot of fun and then when they find the spark pad which you know if you're a noir fan someone always finds a matchbook yeah with a name of a place on i was like oh that's that's a lot of fun um now i do think they they dropped the ball a little bit on the droid bar because it was literally like well, what does a droid bar look like it's like well it's a bar of droids i'm like you could have made, and again, I think if you if you're going for more that like that tar- darker andor audience, I'm like, I think you can get really Asimov here. And as you walk in, and it's like they're not talking, like they don't need to talk, like they're they're hooked with their programming. Oh that it's yeah, just them sitting. And then when they come in, you see them all. Like I think that would be as a just a creative choice. I'm like, I think that would have been way creepier. Yeah. <laughs> As they walk in and it is we, absolutely quiet. It's great, but we see that sometimes in those films with the Yakuza. When they walk in, the Yakuza, they're all quiet and the Yakuza just kind of look. Yeah. And they go back and they're silent. There's a, there's a, there's a sense of terror or dread when they dread. all just kind of look and then look back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point, Shin. Yeah. But again, you know, that, you know, they, they literally made it a droid bar. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> um, I did like the scene between the bartender and Bo and Din when he's when the when the droid is explaining like, look, this is what you know we don't want to be replaced. Um, yeah, you know we're we're really worried about this. Love the droid droid corner. <laughs> I was like, this this is a, again, this is a lot of fun. Uh, the moment that she said the techno union, it was like, oh, okay, so this is some separatist stuff. Yeah, okay, yeah. that's cool. When they do find out, it's Christopher Lloyd, and yeah, you know, again 
love I love Christopher Lloyd. I uh, Doc Brown, Judge Doom, everything, everything that he's done. Professor Plum and Clue. Uh, the moment that he's like, I'll hit this switch and they'll all become battle. It's like, I was like, ah, okay. So again, the stakes are lessened because it's, yeah. it's funny. This big red button, this big red glowing <laughs> button. Red if I hit button. this thing, I'll kill all you tunes. Ah! <laughs> Put him in the dip. <laughs> um, you know, again, it was just it, it, it's not a high stakes sequence. Yeah, there's yeah, not yeah. there's not a high level of threat there. Um, you know, the idea that Grogu is helping the Duchess cheat, you can be like, well, I guess the, he's a kid. Yeah, <laughs> doesn't know yes. any better. He was eating some lady's baby eggs <laughs> in the true. last season. <laughs> true. Um, the whole I, I think the dialogue that Christopher Lloyd did give when he's just like, you know, I'm a I, you know, I'm a fan of democracy. And like, yeah, I didn't yeah. bow to the corrupt republic. I didn't bow to the empire. I'm not bowing to these people. Like, I think, again, what he is saying, the, 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 the message is good. In the dish that it's being presented, that has been a little silly and a little opulent, yeah. it doesn't quite carry over. And when Lizzo says that he has to go, you know, he's, he has to go live on exile, like the moon or whatever, and you say, huh. Like again, all I'm seeing is is Doc Brown. <laughs> um, when they do go to meet the Mandalorians, um, the the duel that happens was great, and the fact that he refers to Dan as a heretic, he's like, you know, he's yeah. a heretic with this, you know, with Arth. That's ours. Like, you know, he he doesn't have a drop of Mandalorian blood, and he's got he's got our thing. Like that ain't cool. Um, I do agree with you. The reasoning that maybe Din just hadn't put it together. <laughs> <laughs> until right then the whole idea that uh he was like well actually it would be hers so I, i'm going with the fact that din hasn't actually <laughs> given this a lot of thought okay. um but i did like the duel distracted. that's fair there's a lot going on <laughs> living in a cave crocodile oh, right brain out. i got dad <laughs> brain you know i forgot <laughs> uh, yeah but i did think the the mandalorian duel was fun man duelorian Oh, no, hey. come on. Uh, uh, but I, I thought that was that was fun. That was creative. Um, yeah. And the, the the shot of her, you know, oh. turning on the dark saber as, oh. you know, uh, this sort of, you know, perceived leader of Mandalore, not just from the covert, but also with this group of privateers who, you know, as as uh, uh, Sasha Banks said, <laughs> their loyalty, <laughs> all it takes is a little is a few credits. Um so, you know, I, I thought that was a nice shot. But again, I, I think if we had been able to devote a little bit more time to the privateers due to to kind of get an idea of where their head their, their heads collectively are. Yeah. Because again, we don't yeah. know Axe as a character that well. We just know that he's he's now leading. Um, but it was a nice shot. go but it was a nice shot you're right and you know and there's something powerful about a female director directing a powerful female character to have this kind of powerful moment to take over a planet so you know i get it it it, it, it carries weight uh for sure uh, yeah i i dug the noir aspects of this also as also as a noir fan as i am and you're right i didn't even make that connection that the the pad could be like a matchbox, you know, like lazy sals or something. He's got to go and show up uh, with it with and you, like a, in, in Untouchables, was, or the, you know, he finds the Racine mm-hmm. address, address. In the matchbox. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you got that element. So that's a nice pickup there, Shane. I didn't catch that, but that was cool. Yeah, and the droid bar stuff. You know, it was really interesting to have the the bartender, the Daft Punk bartender, be like, you know, we actually care about the humans. Like it, they only ask so little of us because probably for a droid. What they're supposed to do for human beings is so nothing to their programming. And so they're so far advanced from humans that it's not that big a deal to them. So having a little sympathy, I thought, was a surprising angle to take. Um, but it was scary to see how fast they he clicked through the things before he put it up and showed. I was like, oh, that's why I fear fucking robots and AI and all that shit, man, because they will absolutely kill us all. Anyway, but the 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 the, the Bowen the Bowen Mando stuff. I mean, those two are just great together. The energy between Pedro and and um, uh, Katie works so well for me. I enjoy them and anything that they're doing together because they are two different approaches. Hers is a little more. She's learned from her more aggressive, emotional, earlier approach to things she's learned right so her approach is a little more kinder like with the ugnots 
with the bartender. She wants to be a little more like conversational, get them to a point where they understand where she's coming from. Mando is more just like to the point because he's been out there bounty hunting. So for him, it's a waste of time to have conversations. Give me what I need. So two different approaches here uh, that does end up working because the droid gives him the stuff about the Nepenthe. And I've heard that word before and I can't remember what movie or show I heard in Nepenthe before, but I have heard that word before. But anyway, the idea of it being connected to to Hellgate was interesting. I think we should have had more with Hellgate, Shannon. I feel like writing-wise, we should have seen him trying to, uh, um, or something, try to stop them from constantly being able to do it. I know he turns on the droid or whatever, but uh, there's just I felt that we could have gotten more from him interfering in the investigation so that when they eventually get to him, he is prepared. And when they come through the door, he knows that they figured it out. I mean, if he's monitoring them and watching them and he turned that droid on, maybe possibly to turn on them, then I, I think he would have been aware of them coming up. So having even like a devilish look to the right as they come through the door, so he's ready to go. In fact, if he's the one that initiates the confrontation rather than them, I think would have given him more, more power in the situation, more strength in that situation. That would have been interesting for the stakes in the back and forth and certainly not making a big old fucking red button for God's sake. So that was a little weird for me, but there was, you know, the idea of nano droids, all this kind of stuff. I liked it. The idea of the techno union stuff, the separatist stuff, him saying it's a pejorative term. I thought it was interesting (laughs) as well. So him kind of bringing that up was a nice situation, but yeah, I mean, when we get to, yeah, the Duchess stuff, it's all fine and gives the key and, all of that. But there's an element here in the conversation between Hellgate and Bombardier. He is, he says, like, you've changed things. The, the, the world's not the same. The planet's not the same. So depending on what side you're on in that argument, you can see the logic in both, right? Someone being afraid of change and another person being like, things have to change if we're going to be a better society. And there's always people who are not going to change. And it's a mirror, a little bit of a microcosm of what's going on with the New Republic, changing stuff that the Empire did. There are a lot of people still within the galaxy who were fine with how the Empire was running things. Like we've said, the trains ran on time. With the New Republic in charge, all of it is shit. It's like when uh, the wall came down in the Soviet Union, when communism disappeared, it was a fucking free-for-all. And there were many reports about how crime lords were taking over sections of Russia, the USSR would have been the former USSR in Russia and were running things as if they were their own senator fiefdoms or what have you. So, it, you know, it happens. And if you're not planned, if you don't plan ahead for the deconstruction of a former government system, uh, you're going to get caught up in all this kind of stuff. So I like that there's a little bit of that. But yeah, him going like, oh, and being led away was a little weird. Oh, no, <laughs> he was like, Ignatius, what does yellow mean? <laughs> But uh, then we get to this fight here. And yeah, there should have been much more with Axe. We should have checked in. I mean, the fact they only show up at the beginning and at the end was so weird. Like, why isn't there interactions? Why do we have Axe and Casca having conversations about, uh, uh, yeah, him and Reeves having conversations about the situation, about what they're doing, about what their plan next is, about what their next mission is, about, you know, are they frustrated with the fact that they're living off these, Uh, missions that they're going on are they like do they feel like they're not really being mandalorians so if you have a little bit of conflict there when bo katan shows up you can sense that maybe it's the right time for her to show up because there's questions about what they're doing with their lives so that when she retakes it over it almost feels like okay now we've got some direction we're getting back in the fight we're going to take over mandalore right so i think there could have been something more or we had gotten more with those actors. And maybe there was stuff cut. I don't know. But in the end, the, the fight to me was a little like, okay, fine, sure. But the moment was great what it led to. I just think there should have been more weight in the stakes of the conversation and then the laying out and fleshing out of these characters so we could feel that the victory had much more resonance to it uh, than it did when I was watching, at least for me. So, yeah, yeah I'm with you on that. Um, th- in the whole thing about getting more time with Christopher Lloyd. I mean, when you look at like a law and order episode, Mm. um, you know, you, they're not having to, you know, wrap up the, you know, who's going to lead Mandalore at the end. And they're not having, you know, their cold open is a little more 
um, related yeah. to the thing that's going to happen. The whole idea of like a, a bow and din procedural, I kind of love that. I was like, I that's that a great, yeah. that's a cool idea. Like, I love the fact that, you know, one, one, one part of the duo, we see their face, the other, we don't yeah. like that's, that's the frustrating thing with the writing this season is you see these really, really good ideas mm -hmm. that if they were to pick one, um and, and focus on that yeah, versus yeah, yeah. all you know there's all this stuff but when you're only getting a little bit of everything it's never quite a satisfying meal yeah that's that's, that's a good point that's an excellent point you're right because a lot i think we all have to come to the terms that this season is all about bo katan mm -hmm. and so the mandalorian doesn't necessarily mean din Djarin. it's not called the din Djarin show it's been the din Djarin show for two seasons but now it's clearly bo katan show this season or as some people have suggested, the Mandalorian is Grogu, but clearly not because he's not like training and all of that. So there's just so I it's clearly we've got to accept that this is Bo-Katan season and what it's going to lead to. And they're launching Ahsoka off of this. And maybe next season it'll be back to um, Mando and Din, uh, sorry, Mando and uh, and um, uh, Grogu. So we will see. Well, and, I, and you know, I do wonder with Dave Filoni what it seems yeah. and, and you know i i might be wrong and folks if i am i know you'll correct me <laughs> um, it seems like dave filoni probably was not as involved in this season as he has been in the past because he's Maybe. been on ahsoka so yeah this yeah. so yeah. and that's not to say that dave filoni is a is the solve all for everything yeah. but it's i i do wonder um because the first and second season, especially the second season, was so good. Yeah. Um, right. And it just, it, it it did have that kind of adventure of the week feel, but they always got someplace. Yeah. Right now, it seems like, okay, what is what is the end point of this journey? Is it, they're, okay, they're bringing the Mandalorian privateers to Concordia, and now they're going to go retake Mandalore. Yeah. Which that was another thing, like, we're going to retake the planet, like, from who? <laughs> you know it's just that that you know i and you know the the kind of mutant creatures and like uh, yeah it's just it's it's a little unclear where we're going and i do wonder if part of that lack of focus has to do with the perceived uh uh absence of filoni good points on shannon for sure um all right well there you go that's our spoiler review for this episode thank you so much for watching and hanging out with us we appreciate it madly i'm sure our missing geek buddy will have plenty to say as he listens to our episode as he walks <laughs> his dog and yelling at us uh from his headphones uh shannon what do we have to tell uh, the fine <laughs> folks who are watching or listening to us yeah, if you'd like to follow us on social media, on Twitter, it's at geek underscore buddies. On Instagram, at the underscore geek underscore buddies. If you'd like to follow me on social media and tell me how wrong I am on Twitter, it's at Shannon underscore McClung. On Instagram, at Shannon the Geek Buddy. If you love this episode, follow at MKTune because Vogel was a fan. If you're more like me, follow Johnny over at, at the Roca says. 100%. 100%. Uh, yeah, and uh, what else? Oh, yeah, and please remember to subscribe to the podcast feed. Guys, the Geek Buddies is a podcast feed. Sometimes y'all watch us and you want to go back and listen to us. You don't have to turn on YouTube. Go and subscribe. Wherever you download podcasts, you can do that and find us there. We are our own feed. Uh, please remember to leave um, a um, a star rating. Get us, give us five stars. We'd appreciate that. And leave a review. Always leave a review when you discover it, we would appreciate it. If you want to go back every few months and leave a review, that would help us move up as well in the rankings there on the numerous uh, podcast platforms that we are on. Uh, and, uh, you know, there's no there's no more carbon health, even though you see the the the, the um, uh, graphic up there. Uh, but, uh, you know, they're fine people if you want to still go and hang out with them or whatever. But we will uh, talk to you. Oh, yeah, that's it from us. So you all take care of yourselves. Be well. Don't forget our live show where our compatriot will be back. And he might have some things to say about it. Uh, this episode, rather, on the live show, 11 a.m. PT tomorrow. That's Friday here on the Outlaw Nation channel. Until then, y'all take care of yourselves. Be well. And we'll talk to you next time with another brand new episode of The Geek. <gasps> you didn't have your phone on silent. <laughs> Buddies! <gasps> hey! the dogs, school drop-off, meetings from 10 to 3, take kids to soccer, then no time left for a jog.
when everyone else is relying on you. It's easy to put your needs last. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist online, so you can show up for yourself the way you do for others. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.